Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Mark M. Bello, who is an attorney, podcaster, social justice advocate, and award-winning author of realistic fiction and political, legal, social justice action thrillers. Mark, I'm really curious about political, legal, social justice action thrillers. I want to know how you... Like you're you gonna have to tell so, me a you little make bit me sound so important. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. What do I like to do for fun? Wow. Um, I enjoy my writing. That's for that's one thing. Uh more important than my writing is my family. I enjoy spending time with my children and grandchildren, especially grandchildren. Uh, any uh, any mother will tell their, their son or daughter who has children that they like their children, their, their children's children better than their children. <laughs> yeah. Better than their children. There's, there's no drama and you can take, and you can send them home with their parents. They don't, you don't have, they're not stuck in the house with you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely enjoy spending time with my grandchildren. I have nine of them. Uh, ranging in age from uh, 12, he's going to be 13 soon, uh, all the way down to six months. So okay. I have uh, nine grandchildren. My dreams, uh, what I enjoy doing, uh, aside from that, is uh, I'm even though I'm 70, I still spend a lot of time uh, with sports. I like to play golf. I like to play tennis. I play pickleball for those for those of your uh, in your audience who know what pickleball is. Uh, I I um, like to play baseball still, and I play catch and and hit balls with my uh, with my older grandsons. Uh, my granddaughters are not into uh, baseball, uh, despite the fact that I live in Detroit. I like to watch football, even though. Uh, you know, I'm a long-suffering Lions fan, so there is that. <laughs> um, I I don't want to go there. I just I I just I, <laughs> I, throw, <laughs> I throw it out there because it it, it is what it is. Um, it is what it is, and, and uh, that's essentially uh, who I am. What I am. I I I practiced law for almost fifty years. I've written books now. Uh, since I retired about six years ago, so eight novels and two children's books in in six years. I also wrote a Jewish cookbook uh, based on the recipes of my own family, but for cookbook purposes, I I wrote these recipes as being Zachary Blake's family recipes. My the character, the principal character in my books. So I created a, a kind of a fictional cookbook based on real recipes from 
uh, my family tree. That's really uh, cool. and that that's that's essentially where I'm at these days. I love it. I love it. So now it's just kind of full time writing and spending time with your family. Correct. Like sports and sports. Correct. I wouldn't say full time writing, but but uh, that's what I that's what I spend my spare time doing. Yes. Love it. And tell us a, li- a bit more about your motivation in life. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? My say it again. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Your oh, motivation. Oh. Um, motivation. Okay. My motivation is, is, is um, as it has always been in my career, uh, helping people. I like, uh, I represented people who needed help all of my adult life and in my law practice. And I like to write about topics and offer solutions that, uh, I think may help uh, people and society in general. I don't like the direction the country has been going in uh, since 2016. I don't think I need to go any further than that. Uh, but, um, you know, we need to come together, even even if we disagree politically or socially uh, on how to do that. Uh, we need to come together at least a little bit as a, as a country uh, Republicans and Democrats used to be able to get along with each other and compromise. That doesn't seem to be uh, something we can do anymore. So a lot of what I write about is uh, providing, uh, laying out social justice issues and providing solutions to those issues. Uh, and yeah. that's been, that's been ma- ma- the main subject matter of my writing. I love it. Do you have one that you focus on or just kind of across the board? It's been across the board. There's, uh, I, I basically take an issue from either um, my practice, which happened with my first book, and then with issues in the news, which happened with most of the books that followed my first book. The uh, the last book was was a completely fictional uh, whodunit novel, which was a departure from me. For me, most of my books have been based on issues in the news like uh cops shooting innocent black people like school shootings like the me too movement and and sexual assault like the border crisis uh from two different angles white supremacy uh important issues that uh are represent the underbelly of our country the the hidden uh, dangerous that I think are out there. And I try to offer solutions to those uh, uh, issues using the law and legal solutions to get there. Mm, I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So tell us a little bit about your vision for your books and the rest of your life. Do you see your books actually changing policy? Is that the goal or is there another goal or? I don't, I don't know that I that I see a changing policy. I would like people to find them, uh, more people to find them. That's why I do shows like this. I'd like to introduce myself to people that don't otherwise know me. Um, I would like people to find them. I would like people to read them. And I would like people to, to uh, think about the various issues that I cover in my novels and maybe think about them in a, in a new and unique way. Uh, 
inclusive way. Uh, perhaps we can create a movement, if you will. I'm not naive. I mean, I'm not saying one guy writing a book could make a difference, but one guy writing a book is one more guy than there was before. Yeah. You yeah. Try to, you, try to, you try to touch people one reader at a time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about, or is that kind of the main one? Dreams. Oh, the dreams are, 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 you know, what I just said, people finding my work yep. and, and uh, enjoying it and perhaps embracing the uh, solutions and, and um, suggestions that are in them. But my main dream is, is uh, for, you know, unity in our country and a better world for my kids and my grandchildren. I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm 70. Uh, and, and when I say much longer, I mean relatively so. I don't plan to leave tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I plan to live quite a while, but but relatively speaking, someone young like yourself, uh, a six-month-old granddaughter, um, they're tomorrow's uh, citizens, and I want them to to grow up in a in a more inclusive, friendlier. Just, which is important to me, justice, it's what I write about, it's what I talk about, it's what I've lived, uh, community. And that's, those are my dreams. Uh, and, and and for the Lions to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I have a better chance for the country than I do for the Lions. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> Well, awesome. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards getting your books out there or helping the Lions win a Super Bowl, who would they be and how would they do it? Alive or deceased? Does, does, does it matter? Uh, preferably alive because we would like to introduce you to them. But you can also say the ideology of somebody deceased. Um. The uh, a deceased person would have been Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Ruth oh, Bader gotcha. Ginsburg, without without question, is is the ultimate hero of my life. Yeah, she her her um, judicial philosophy and political philosophy speak to me. Um, alive, Barack Obama, and and if I it, to piggyback Michelle Obama, I actually met. Michelle, um, yeah, <laughs> I, you know it's it's kind of intimidating. I'm 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 a five foot five little Jewish guy, and Michelle Obama is close to six foot tall. I think she's really tall. Oh, really? Uh, yes, uh, unless she was wearing you know really high heels. But I mean, I met her, and I go to shake her hand, and I'm looking I'm like looking up like this. <laughs> sure enough, five um, eleven. And she, and she's stunningly beautiful. Uh, TV does not do her justice. She's just a beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, she gave a wonderful speech at an event I attended. Um, and I would like to, without question, the number my my number one person to meet would be the two of them. Um, mm. Did you ask me for a number two? I, I, I don't. 
Or oh no, that's fine. That's perfect. It would it would it would be them. I I, I in the old days, if you'd have asked me twenty years ago, it would have been Bill Clinton. Um, his presidency and his politics are very very close to mine. I, I I'm I'm not a left winger. Um, I'm I would call I would say a moderate Democrat. So uh, his moderate policies uh, appealed to me. There were some things that I didn't like about his uh, presidency and his character came into issue, obviously. Uh, I didn't like his his welfare to work policy because I thought it was draconian. Um, I like the concept of it. I think people should be given an opportunity uh, to to find work, to to be productive members of society. Uh, but I don't think they should be forced to do so if there's some uh, reason holding them back. And mm-hmm. what I didn't like about welfare to work was this kind of uh, do this or else. Uh, so that was an issue for me. But uh, 20 years ago, it would have been Bill Clinton. I gotcha. You know, I have huge aspirations of probably creating a similar system to welfare to work of like, really, I just want to, I want everybody standard of living across the world to just be at the point of middle-class America. So I feel like once you're there, you kind of have options a bit more. It's, it's a little simplistic to think and say that anybody or everybody can do something. Yes. So, to, to, so to suggest that welfare to work means the same thing for all people, I think is absurd. Are there people that welfare to work works for? Yes. But there needs to be solutions for people who it doesn't work for. And that was the problem with the legislation. What it did was it dumped people off welfare, put them out on the street, yep. created created more of a homeless problem, uh, and didn't solve the underlying problem that made them go on welfare in the first place. So yeah. I, I just I, I don't I don't believe in pigeonholing all people into into I call it round holes and square pegs, or yep. square pegs and round holes, and that's my Absolutely. that was my that was my um, disagreement with that policy and any policy like it. I I just don't. Um, if you look at uh, Obamacare, for instance, Obamacare, even though I just said I was moderate, Obamacare doesn't go far enough. I I don't think healthcare ought to be something that depends upon how much money you have. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a capitalist, don't get me wrong. I'm not a socialist. But when it comes to health care, a person ought to be, a person with a heart attack, that, that suffering a heart attack, ought to be able to go to the hospital and get the same care, whether he's uh, a homeless person or whether he's the president of the United States. That's what Obama attempted, intended to do, attempted to do, and he was stopped at almost every uh, point in the process 
until we came to the compromise that is Obamacare. Uh, but I, I'm with Bernie Sanders on that one. I think um, healthcare and, by the way, education, for that matter, uh, ought to be a human right. You should be able to go as far as you need to go, regardless of your ability to pay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. I guess the the biggest thing, so when I'm thinking of the system, like you, you mentioned welfare to work is like square pegs and round holes. And so... Can be. Not, not yes, always, it can, but it can be. Yeah. Can be. And so as I thought through this, I'm like, you really have to scale individuality. Like you have to like be able to help people one-on-one -on -one at scale. Does that make sense? Well, yes. Um, it, it can't be. It can't be an all for all for one, one for all policy. Everybody's different. Yeah. Every, yeah. I, I, let me put let me put it this way: everybody's path to work, if they're capable of work, is different, and might some might take longer than others. Some might not. Some might never qualify. And it strikes me as unfair to create slogans like, quote, welfare to work, which is a nice sounding slogan. Nobody wants to be on welfare, I don't think. Um, maybe there's some, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a lazy person or two out there. <laughs> I presume that's true. But I think most people would prefer to lead a productive life. And yeah. some take longer to get there. I think, I think our system needs to address that and um, deal with it in terms of what each person's capabilities and aspirations are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I think the same. It's just the, the barrier I keep coming to is so much of the core of capitalism is like businesses exchanging service or product for money. And so when you start pouring resources into people that aren't instantly throwing out a return, it gets very uh, difficult to sustain, if that makes sense. Well, it, it does. And it, it, it's also true. Uh, and it's reported quite often that the um, top 1% makes more than what the bottom 30 yeah probably the, the gap has been widening <laughs> terribly terribly so so i those people who sell those products that you're referring to those widgets might either decide to price them more fairly to make them more available to those who can't afford them and to generally use their wealth to make a better world. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that all wealthy people are created equal. There are plenty of wealthy people who do their best to make society a better place. Um, there are some that don't. Uh, it, it's, I, I think we all need to pitch in and try as best we can to make the world a better place. That's what I try to do with, in my small way with my books. 
if there's a problem out there that has been in the news, like the ones I mentioned, I try to address them in my writing and then offer solutions for them. The community, yeah. in, the community, for instance, in my novel, Betrayal in Black, which was about a cop on black shooting, the community came together, um, resolved the matter, both in the criminal justice system and in the civil justice system, and came up solution, with solutions that bettered the local society where the incident happened. That's the kind of thing that I'd like to see my books responsible for. The same thing happened in Betrayal High, which is the book I wrote about school shootings. Similar situation, different community, different solutions, obviously, to the problem. A shout out to the gun industry to do better. And a community solution, both on the criminal side and on the civil side, to the problem that, uh, the severe problem that school shootings present. In America. Uh, do I have all the answers? Of course not. Do I have the right answers? Who knows? <laughs> Read the book and find out. But but uh, at least I'm trying. And that's what I'd like to see my fellow citizens do. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. My favorite movie and book of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. To Kill a Mockingbird made me want to be a lawyer. Um, I, I saw the movie first, read the book second. So that was unusual, I guess, for a kid. Most kids, most kids, uh, I, you know, I just wrote a blog about book banning. Are, are you aware that, that there are certain cities in this country that have banned to kill a mockingbird really as being too racist oh wow um that blows my mind i mean how could anybody not read to kill a mockingbird i won't lie i haven't read it <laughs> my favorite podcast aside from yours is there mine. we go is mine <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what's your podcast name? I have a podcast called Justice Counts, and we study all things justice. So very similar to our conversation so far today, I try to have interesting guests that offer solutions to various uh, civil and criminal and political problems. And that is it's called Justice Counts, and it's on the Spreaker Network. There we go. Uh, what is movie podcast? I guess I, I guess I covered them all. Yes, yes, you did. And what is one way? By, like the, to by the way, by the way, I'm not always that. I'm not. I'm not always all this serious. I mean, I, if you ask me what my favorite comedy movies are, you know, anything Mel Brooks. I love Mel Brooks. Um, his earlier stuff, uh, the producers, Blazing Saddles, History of the World Part. Two, I think, or part one. What was it? Part two? Part two, I think it was called. Where uh, Moses comes down the mountain with 15 commandments, and then drops a tablet. It turns out to be 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny stuff. 
What's Up Doc with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. It was a very funny movie. Um, I, I love comedy. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. But in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, movies with a message to kill the Mockingbird, without question. I love it. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Well, I like to, I, I try to stay active. As I indicated, I, I, I'm 70. I participated in sports all my life. Hurt myself a few times, which, which uh, is not fun, but, but overall being active is better than being inactive. Uh, try to eat healthy, uh, eat the right things. Uh, I, I, I like to watch, I, I think we have to take care of ourselves. Um, not selfishly necessarily. I think we can be selfless and selfish at the same time, but it's important to others who love you to also take care of yourself and pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Barack Obama and Michelle Obama? Gee, I don't know. Maybe he'll find my books and want to meet me. What do you think? Hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's listening to this show right now. It could be. Could be. I, if I were him, I would be. Yeah, hey, um, there we go. I, you know, I, I when I when I did my homework for your podcast, you provided me a a, a list of of things that you might ask me, and this is one of them. And I I struggled with this one. I uh, I write every day. I take action steps uh, to you know make my dream as a quote successful whatever that means writer come true. I do a lot of um, outreach to make that happen. Uh, as to what action step, I, that's a hard question to answer. I think, I think the better way to look at this, and I don't know what other guests have answered, but I think the other way to answer this is to take a million baby steps. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe that will equal one big action step. How does that sound? I love it. That is what I like to hear. It's a good answer. Well, now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. Okay. And I did not send these questions beforehand, so feel free to just be like, <laughs> I don't did know. I, did, did I did I uh, did I give away something that I shouldn't have when I said you sent me a question or two? I, I didn't. No. Mean to. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I always preface these questions with this because some people like right. need to know what's going on minute by minute. And the others are like, I just come on the show and answer the question. <laughs> so, no pressure. Didn't you don't want to know what's going on in my life minute by minute. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, yep. I didn't send these beforehand. So no pressure to answer. Feel free to say, I don't know. They also oh, require okay. a bit of pretext. So stick with me while I read them. Before you before you ask me the questions, are you going to cut out the uhs and the ums and the if I if I hesitate before I answer, will that get will that get edited? Uh, it will not. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Okay, so a lot of people have come on the show and they've said that the catalyst 
that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? Well, I don't disagree. I would say that that uh, I've never been terribly desperate, uh, thankfully. Uh, and when I say that, I'm not suggesting that I haven't had my moments or my year, my periods of desperation. Everybody has. But I, I look at it, relatively speaking, when you look at desperation, I've never been desperate for a meal. I've never been desperate for a place to live. I've never been desperate um, for companionship. A lot of people are alone in this, in this world. So um, I've never been desperate for money. Not that I've been wealthy or am wealthy, uh, but I, I've never, it, it's never been a strong motivator or something I've been desperate for. Uh, where's my next meal coming from? Do I have, do I have enough money in my pocket to afford my next meal? That's real desperation. So for me, it's been more of a question of inspiration. And inspiration comes from uh, my parents who taught me the value of education, uh, the value of helping people, the value of fellowship and community. Uh, uh, if I didn't say it already, the value of education. So uh, those things, um, and by the way, being lucky enough to be raised by two wonderful parents is probably one of the most important things that you can have in your life. Uh, and I was lucky that way. Um, yeah. But helping others is an inspiration to me. And that's, uh, you know, I mentioned that earlier and, and I go back to that. That motivates almost everything I do. I love it. And given the same amount of extreme inspiration and extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? Well, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I'm not sure that that we all have the option to make the change. Uh, we, we spoke about that earlier. Some people just don't have the ability or the wherewithal to change. If you have the ability, I certainly think some people give up and some people move forward. Why do they make those choices? Hard to answer. I think desperation to some people becomes so great uh, that they feel helpless. Um, and I, I, you know, I would I would suggest to you that uh, people who can make that change ought to grab someone by the collar who is having difficulty making the change and drag them with them. Yeah. 
and maybe that would help. Uh, recognize that someone else is struggling and give that person a leg up. Uh, I don't know, though, why some can do it and some can't. It's probably part of our upbringing. It's probably part of our emotional makeup. It might be physical. It might be um, psychological or mental challenges. It's it's too there's it's too broad a problem to create a simple answer for. But I I do think that those of us who are able to overcome the struggle ought to look back at those who we left behind and try to pull somebody along with them with us. Yeah. Love it. So some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced? Well, same answer. It's different. It's a different, different structure for different folks. I, yep. I just don't, I just don't think uh, very, very much like we talked about earlier about square pegs and round holes. Sometimes, sometimes moving forward for some people is a round hole in a square peg. Sometimes yeah. it's just a perfect fit for people. So I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I just think that um, we struggle and we, and we overcome or we don't. Uh, my only advice to people would be do the best you possibly can. Uh, if, if, if giving up is all that's left for you, I would suggest that there's some ounce of maybe I can somewhere deep, deep inside that would allow you to go on. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've known people who have committed suicide in their life and I'm, and I'm, I was shocked that that particular person or that particular person was that desperate. It wasn't that obvious to me. So, you know, my suggestion to those who are desperate and think that they're uh, completely powerless to change, get help. Find someone, anyone, whether it be a professional or a friend, to help you get over the hump. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it kind of goes back, like, I think I just know it's different strokes for different folks. But I want to create a, a system that scales individuality, where it's like, I want to scale the one-on-one. -on -one. I'm a person who's made it. I go back and grab one person. And I just want to scale that, which seems very well, uh, idealistic. Very, very, very much so. Very much so. If you know, yeah. if, if 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 we help one and we help two and we help three and maybe maybe we'll uh, steamroll down the hill. Have you seen yeah. Have you seen that that slide in Detroit? That the uh... I have not. <laughs> oh God! They uh, they built a they built a uh, you know those slides where you where you get into a sack and you go down down these uh, these metal slides. Yeah, they yeah. Made, they made the thing too slippery. So people were bouncing down this slide, and, and I thought somebody was going to get killed. 
they've shown it. They've been showing it on the news for for a, a week or so. Yeah, I uh, saw it on social media. That was in Detroit. Yeah, they find they yeah that's in Detroit. So they find they finally apparently uh, reduced this this the skid a bit. It gets worse as the day goes on, and they and they're teaching people how to navigate the thing. But some sometimes we we head downhill too fast. Mm. Sometimes we head uphill too fast. Smell the flowers, you know. Yep. Take 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 your time. Whether you're going downhill or whether you're going uphill, try to reduce the trend a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be my advice. All right. We got one last question for you. Yes, sir. For this question, keep in mind, <clears throat> a person who has a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. So in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you about, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that avatar to make the choice that will change their life? So how can we go back and grab one? Well, I, I would use the Nike slogan, just do it. Yep. Damn it, just do it. Ain't nothing uh, to it, but to it, do it. it. it, it it's, it's not hard to drag somebody along with you. The only, the only way that it's hard is if they resist your gesture. But I, I, I know very few people uh, who are too proud to accept a helping hand. And I yeah. don't mean it. I don't mean in terms of handing handing uh, a guy at a street corner a dollar uh, because he's got a cup. Uh, giving people money is an easy thing to do, especially if you have money. But lending a helping hand, uh, like like we talked about, pulling somebody along with you, that's not easy. And I would suggest that Nike. One of the best marketing slogans of all time is just do it. Yeah. And it's not just a marketing slogan. It, it, it applies to almost everything we do and everything we are. Don't you think? It really does. Whatever it is, just do it. Just do it. I never, I never thought I could write one book, let alone 10. Yeah, um, and and my books have won multiple awards. I'm still kind of shocked by it all. I just I just won a gold medal from Reader's Favorite for my latest novel. You have the right to remain silent. A month ago, I won a gold medal from the Firebird Books Award. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that other people are reading my work and saying, wow, this is terrific. That's a, that's the ultimate compliment. That's kind of them picking me up and dragging me along with them. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, so I, you know, just do it. I think is, is my answer to your question. There we go. I love it. Simple. Well, awesome. Mark. That's all we have for you, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. 
Tim, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, my books can be found on Amazon. Uh, my website is markabello.com. I wrote a little Holocaust novella that is a prequel to my books. And people who go on my website and register and leave their email and subscribe to my newsletter can get a free copy of the novella. Uh, all of my books are on the website. Um, all of my books are available on Amazon and other online booksellers. MarkMBello.com. Don't forget the M. You asked me that question about the M. It's important. Yes, I did. It'll make, make it makes my mother very happy. There we go. It's our father, right? <laughs> it's his his name his name was M M also. That's why that's why she named in the Jewish religion, you name people after deceased people, not after the living. Mm. So his name wasn't Mark Myron, as mine is. His name was Morris Meyer. And I was named after him after he passed away. Uh, I'm, I was uh, I was one of the unfortunate people who had their grandfather die before they were born. Mm. So I never had four grandparents, but I did have two parents, and a lot of people don't even have that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and my 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 mother told me stories, and, and a, a, a lot of what I write about in terms of Jewish family tradition comes from my mother's family. So uh, there's a there's a theme, a sub-theme, if you will, in my books about how Jewish families handle certain events in life. Zachary Blake is a Jewish lawyer, um, and Judaism is important to him. And a lot of what he does and the justification for what he does are rooted in his religion. So uh, I, I try to um, inter intertwine, if that's a word, <laughs> yeah. religion religion into into uh, the justice themes of my book, because you know the justice, the concept of justice, justice, justice shalt thou pursue, comes from the Bible comes from the Old Testament. That, that is the introduction of justice in our world. And yeah. our laws, our, our laws, by the way, are rooted in biblical scriptures. Not directly, but that's where the concept of the Ten Commandments, if you think, even, even if it was 15. <laughs> <laughs> The Ten Commandments were the basic codification or the first codification of law. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt. Yeah. Those, those were laws. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Mark, thanks so much. Thank you, Tim. Good to see you. Good to see you. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Mark had to say, make sure to go check him out. Grab a book. Leave a review and then send a copy to a friend. Join his email list, get his newsletter as well. As we always ask, shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. 
Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked the show. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.